Benjamin Franklin said, Without continual growth and progress, such words as improvement, achievement, and success have no meaning. Ariana Huffington said, Failure is not the opposite of success. It's part of success. Michael Jordan said, Some people want it to happen. Some wish it would happen. Others make it happen. Welcome to Make Shit Happen. This is episode number 126. My guest today is Tony Bryan. Tony Bryan grew up in Crossville, Texas, a small town just outside of Houston, where he spent most of his childhood with his single mother and siblings in Section 8 apartment complex. Tony wanted to get out of that poverty mindset. He managed to avoid traps of negative peer pressure, crime, drugs, and settling for a passive, dependent life. Today, Tony is a real estate investor and executive with more than 20 years of professional experience. He is partner investors in several bars and clubs and has a great portfolio for residential, commercial, and multifamily investment. Tony also wrote three books, including Wholesaling for Profits, The Power of Mental Wealth, and My Daily Bread. Today, he lives in Houston with his wife, Heather, and their four children, and is working towards a generational wealth. I love the story. I love I love how he come. I love the positive mindset. I hope you all enjoyed this episode with Tony Bryan. Without further ado, let's jump into this interview with Tony Bryan. Guys, if you're in the market for furniture or mattresses, please visit Exclusive Furniture. Exclusive Furniture has seven locations in the greater Houston area. Or if you're not in the Houston area, visit us online at exclusivefurniture.com. We have financing available, also extended protection plans. Anything that you can think about, exclusivefurniture.com does have it. 97% of the furniture is in stock to be delivered immediately within 48 hours of your purchase. Guys, visit ExclusiveFurniture.com. Financing available. Exclusive furniture where low prices live. Welcome to Make Shit Happen. My guest today is Tony Bryan. Tony, thank you for taking the ride and thank you for coming over here. I appreciate it, man. Uh, I'm glad that we got connected by a mutual friend of ours. Absolutely. And, uh, man, thank you so much. I know you came a little early and I was a little late over here, so I apologize, first it, of all, for that. Hey, man, no problem. I'm honored to be here. Like I said, this is special for me. This is my first podcast. Um, I set an ambition to do a certain amount of them this year. It's my very first one, so it means a lot to me. Thank you so much and I couldn't couldn't do it with such a a, a, a better person. You know oh, what I'm man, saying? Thank I, you so much. I, that means a lot. You know, I'm humble. Uh, I, I talked to you the other day, and uh, you told me that you told me a little bit about your background. Right. You know that you grew up in Crosby, Texas. You know, single mother, and right. you you grew up in a Section Eight apartment complex. Tell us a little bit about your upbringing, man, and, and you know how you grew up and everything. Right. So so obviously, my parents. You know, based on our conversation the other day, my parents. Got divorced when I was nine. So my uh -huh. dad was abusive, got into drugs and so forth. Um, so eventually, after moving around, my mom and, you know, she has, so it's five of us kids. Um, but at the time, I have an older brother. He lived with my grandmother, but it was four of us. So four of us, my sister and my other two brothers, we all moved into an apartment complex, which we stayed there for nine years until we graduated high school and then moved on. But that particular environment, you know, it was it was it was cool. It was fun as a kid and so forth. Um, but it was also an environment where other kids were poor and it was it was do what you can to make money and survive, you know, other than relying on 
you know, the check that came in for mom every once in a, you know, every month. And then she had, I seen her work two jobs and so forth. So it was poverty, you know, as much as it could be here, you know, in the United States without being homeless, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, we're grateful to, to, to have had shelter over, over our head. Cause my dad didn't do anything. Like I said, he was out of it. He moved back to Louisiana where they were originally, originally from. Um, but it was tough growing up, man. Um, but you know, my mom kept things as normal as she could. Um, it was still a dysfunctional household, but you know, I, out of it came, you know, produced a certain mindset within myself to, I didn't know what I wanted to do out of life, but I knew what I wanted to avoid. I knew what I didn't want to do. So that was my motivation and my driving to, to become who I am today. Oh, that's, that's, that's awesome. Um, you know, when, when you're growing up in a, in a environment, you know, it's, yeah. you know, you're in poverty and I mean, you know, I can, I can relate kind of thing. Um, uh, you know, I had my both of my parents, but but I mean, you know, you don't think of, of it as a kid. You just try to make the best out of it. Absolutely. And I mean, as long as you, I'm sure that as long as you're with your mom, y'all had great moments and right. stuff, and you don't think about, well, am I living in poverty? I mean, just as a kid, it's normal to you. Right, right. It was normal. I mean, yeah. you know, you you just, you compare your what you have versus what the other kid has, right? So that's, from a kid's perspective, I'm not thinking about bills or anything like that. I'm thinking about Oh, he got Jordans and I don't have them, you know. <clears throat> so, you know, and I, I would describe in, in one of my books basically that, you know, I would I would say to to from for temporary protection, I would say, oh, my dad's gonna give me this, knowing my dad wasn't gonna give me anything, mm -hmm. you know. So, um, but I would say that just to to overcome feeling uncomfortable and, yeah. and, and embarrassed and so forth. So, yeah, yeah. 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 And I mean, you know, that, that can be, that can be hard also. Right. Uh, so tell us a little bit. I mean, you know, when uh, you, you graduated over there, once you graduated, what, what, what did you do next? Uh, so, so for me, I mean, you know, so I started working when I was 14, um, you know, what'd you do? What'd you do? So, so I got a job down the street at the local country club. Okay. So, and that really began to change my exposure. I was in a different environment, um, and I started to see, you know, what I considered successful older white males, basically how they carried themselves and doing certain things, thinking a certain way. And then I go back to my reality. Right. So of, of drugs and crime and so forth, um, you know, and, and that just kind of kept me from exercising that path. Um, but graduating, I put myself through school. Um, I had got a scholarship to University of Texas, but I was in a relationship, came back. And I got two associate's degrees from Lee College and then uh, went on to get my uh, bachelor's and master's degree. Uh, but throughout all that time, obviously, the driving force was just to secure the bag and make more money. And I thought that was the path you had to go to, um, you know, to live well. Because, you know, again, I saw it back at the country club, mostly educated folks and so forth. And, um, you know, that, that, that was, that's why I went the way that I went. So, so when you were 14, what were you doing at the country club? Uh, I was a, I started off as a wait staff. Okay. So doing special events, weddings and so forth. Okay. And then, uh, and then, so, so what is, uh, and, and this is back in when, what year? Uh, early nineties, early nineties, early nineties, early nineties. Yeah. Yeah. So early nineties, you're a little kid, you, you working, you working over there and, you know, doing Grind. whatever, doing whatever you can, you yes, know, make sir. a little extra money and that kind of opened up your eyes to like, right. okay, hey, there's a world outside where I live at, outside where, where, where our apartments are, where our, where our school is at. Absolutely. And I saw it in schools as well, going to school. You know, kids had, like I said, the freshest gear. They had both their parents 
healthy household, what seem to be healthy households and so forth. And, you know, I aspire to have all that. I aspire to, you know, not dive into doing the wrong thing. So your your the school that you went to is it was Crosby. it across in Crosby was it uh, like a mixed school predominantly black yeah. school white school No it's, it? it's mixed it's a, it's a healthy mix of people okay. um, you know so there's there's Crosby which is a healthy mixture of uh, folks m m mainly caucasian and then there's Barry Station I don't know if you're familiar with with that which is mostly um at the time mostly all black folks but we all went to the same school Gotcha 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 yeah. gotcha And so, so Tony, uh, tell us, like, you know, so you you graduated from, you went to you went to UT, came back to uh, and and went to Lee College. Right. Um, what what happens next? So uh, at the same when I came back, I was also working. You know, I, I had to put myself through school and so forth. Um, so I was working, um, starting a, a a car dealership, and then also went went eventually in my career. Uh, Came I worked with Enterprise Rental Car for eight or nine years. Okay, um, and then after that, um, I got recruited for Avis Budget Group, and I was a sales and marketing director over Avis Budget Group in all of Houston. Um, and you know, my corporate career ended in 2008. I got laid off, okay. and I became a full time entrepreneur. And what? Is, so tell us what what made you want to become an entrepreneur. In 2008, I mean, especially those were the dark times in the right, in our right, country. right. So, so obviously being laid off. You were kind of forced to go in a certain direction, um, and I had a what was called a non-compete with my company, so I couldn't work in the industry for uh, for a competitor for at least two consecutive years. Uh -huh. So I went into exotic cars. Um, so um, me and business partner were renting out exotic cars, and then my my wife's a dentist, so we opened up a first dental office and just kind of went from there. Um, and I was also, you know, because of my experience with enterprise and open up branches and so forth. I was also a consultant at the same time. So, but the entrepreneurial spirit really started when I was young, you know, mowing lawns, washing cars and so forth, just trying to hustle. So um, that was just something that was in me. I had the, I, had, I was forced basically to take the opportunity and to execute. But I, at the same time, since my early 20s, I was always also investing in real estate. Okay. So, right. so, uh, so tell, let's, and we'll go back to your investing in real right, estate, right. but, but tell me a little bit about that exotic car thing. What, what, what did you end up doing? Yeah, so because of my experience, again, I was I was in the rental car industry right, for so of long. So so what we call so I couldn't like really compete with those like like the those kind of car, everyday cars, so right? So that's why I was kind of forced into exotic cars. Um, and it's just you know I had some a friend that needed help, and we just kind of went there. I got a little settlement from um, my corporate job and so forth. Took it, um, bought a car, and then we also. It was the wrong way of doing it. We also had other people that had cars that just that were just sitting. We helped them make money off their cars and so forth. So basically, so, like yeah. what what Toro is doing nowadays. Uh, yeah, I guess it was the early days of kind yeah. of Toro for the most yeah. part. But we were at you know a prime location. Obviously, yeah. exotic cars they're a little bit more maintenance sensitive, yeah. mileage sensitive, and so forth. The car returned you know every week or so. It wouldn't stay out for 30 days like on Toro or whatever. It wasn't regular cars. Yeah. So, well, uh, but I know I know Toro does the same thing. I think you can get right. like a exotic car. And, yeah, yeah. And rent it. And everybody, people, every everyday people who are not using the car, they rent it out. And right. that helps them pay their the car note or something like right, that. Right, right. That's, 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 that's one of the ways of making money now. Anyone can make money. Like innovators, you got Uber, you got, you know, you got Toro, which doesn't own any cars. You can, but, but the exotic cars, you can still lease them out. However, you can be a little bit more selective 
and who you allow to lease those particular cars. Uh-huh. Right. And so so when you say exotic, you're talking about like Lambos and absolutely and, and Ferraris and stuff like that. Ferrari, Rolls Royces, yeah. um, you know, Range Rovers, Escalade. Is it SUVs is it only so me or or I mean I see a lot of Lambos and Ferraris in in town now. You see a lot of well, there's a lot of rental places in town. There's, oh, okay. but, but so, you, you know, so you're telling me a lot of people just rent their cars? Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> man. You'd be surprised. Uh, and, and one of the crazy things is, you know, I don't remember the club, but some some folks used to just rent the cars and just set it in front of their club, as if you know oh, celebrities uh, were there or so forth, giving a certain perception. But really, yeah, you'd be surprised, man. I mean, a lot of people rent those cars, of course, for clout. For, for, you know, whatever, videos and so forth, or just to rent the car to see if they want to buy it. Um, but there's a whole market for it, um, mainly, you know, rappers and so forth, entertainers. Um, but, yeah, there's a market for um, just about anything. Yeah, I've just, I've just seen cars. lately, I've just been, I feel like I've seen an influx of Lamborghinis right. out there. A lot of Ferraris, a lot of uh, G-Wagons. Yep. And, I mean, I feel like, I feel like I've just, I just... Like I see oh, them overwhelming. everywhere, I'm overwhelmingly. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just me seeing them everywhere. I, I have no idea. I mean, you live in Houston, also. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's a lot of cars in Houston. You'd yeah, be I, I see it. I see it's it. It's a big business. So, so you said since you were 20, you started investing in real estate, and today you're yep. more full-forced real estate. Guy. Primarily, all, primarily, most of my day is spent during real estate. Uh, so, in my early 20s, uh, 22, 21, 22. Um, again, I, I was uh, at Dibrick Forest Chrysler. I was selling cars for um, a guy that I know, Mr. Early. Um, and a gentleman came in. He, you know, at the time, Prowler was hot. I don't know if you remember a Prowler. A Prowler was, uh, at the time, it was a $45,000 car. But for me, a 20-year-old Impala? Guy, uh, it's a, a prowler, a prowler. Okay. Uh, it's Plymouth Prowler. Pr- like, yeah, yeah, I remember a that pointy Plymouth nose yeah, car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so a gentleman came in. A brother came in, spent forty five thousand cash on it. You know, for me, it was like, whoa, what, what do you do? You know, so we kind of developed a relationship after that, and you know, he kind of, you know, gave me some opportunities in real estate, and you know, it just kind of went on from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the Plymouth Prowler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That was uh, when when did those discontinue? Uh, I don't know when they discontinued. But I think this they stopped making like them in 2006. 2000, 2000, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think 2005, yeah. 2006, somewhere right there. Right. Uh, so, uh, okay, so so that's how. And then what did you end up started doing with him? Uh, so, it, in, uh, you know, this is, is not the right way to do it, but typically I was, you know, I had good credit. He had money. So I would put my credit. So he hooked me up with a broker. Basically, she was a realtor and she was also a mortgage broker. And what she was doing was just, you know, we were flipping houses using my credit, some of his money, and we'd flip it. In my first deal at 22, I made like 20 grand on a trailer out in Waller. Uh-huh. So, you know, from there, it was like, okay, cool. I need to do this. Um, but I still kept my day job. And at those, at the, those time, uh, you know, getting mortgage was super easy. Yeah, yeah. I guess you do stated income yeah, and so forth. But income. I figure out later on that, you know, that wasn't the right way to do it. But I didn't know. I'm yeah. just following the lead of a mentor, good. right? Yeah. So, um, but we got into later on. We got into uh, some deals where it wasn't too favorable for me, and you know, I, I wound up getting getting in a lawsuit, and it was crazy. So, uh, lesson yeah. learned, huh? Lesson learned for sure. Yeah, lesson learned. Um, so, anyways, you go, you know, you in two thousand eight, you lose your job. Mm-hmm. You know, you you had, uh, you know, you go, uh, you have all these side hustles until two thousand eight. Now you're right. forced. To be in, in your own business because you can't go back to the rental business. Right. You go with your friend, 
you and your wife open up a dental office. Right. Tell us, walk us through from what happened from then to now. So, so slowly. Right. So for me, I was still, I was used to defining myself by my role. Really, you know, a lot of folks get in these corporate positions and like, who are you? Well, I'm such and such of this particular company, you know, and, and I was uncomfortable with just, you know, I, not having a title. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, so it was I, I struggled with that for a little bit. Um, but, you know, through the encouragement of my wife and so forth, like we just decided, you know, she was working with a company at the time and she deci- we decided to open up our own practice. Okay. So um, and just kind of snow, you know, the, the heat of the 2008, a lot of folks are laying off, you know, economies to tank. Um, it was a huge risk. You know, we were advised by a lot of people not to do it, mm-hmm. but we wound up doing very well with that office and, and, and sold it in 2013 for a few mil. So, I mean, okay. you know, but prior to that, just so you know, um, like I said, these real estate deals, I, I did a commercial deal when I was like 23, 24 that I was, that, that didn't mature till I was like 27, 28. So, you know, it, really at that age, you know, I got a lump sum of cash, almost a million dollars for, you know, myself at that age. So I had, you know, financial security or whatever. So that's why I did that and then went into the exotic cars and so forth. Got you. So, so you had you had some you had some cash over there when you left the car. Yeah, the I company. Was, yeah, I was You're okay. like, I can I can do some I yeah, can do Yeah, I was some. okay. But it was more of an identity thing. Yeah. You know, I was trying to figure out who I was in the world and what I meant to people and and, and how it was gonna impact my future. Remember, I come from nothing, you know, and in the majority of my life in my on my corporate world, on my way up, people around me always had their hand out. So, like, when I arrived in, in True Money or whatever, I couldn't really share that with the world or share that with family because I know what came afterwards because of my experience growing up and so forth, coming from the environment I came in. You know, of course, I want people to do well, and I want to help out people as much as I can, but you know, I figured most people will take from you more than they'll, you know, contribute. Uh-huh. And what, what made you give that, what made you give that feeling that was my life. I mean, it started in a, like in apartments. I'd have adults borrowing money from me because I was making more than them and never paid me back. Uh-huh. You know, and it happened to be just friends and family and so forth, and it kind of progressed. And I, at some point, I got to cut it off. You got a family now, right? Yeah. So yeah. So so uh, I, I mean, when you were growing up, what kind of experience mm-hmm. did you have? When you said there was adults, there's family. What kind of family experience also that you have that you kind of said, you know what, I don't want to go that path. I mean, do you yeah, have any something so, you can share with us? So the thing for me, like, you know, when I was, I don't know if I was 14, 15, I was working at the country club and so forth. And, you know, I, I'm used to having, so in my environment, you know, I I go into houses and friends and so forth, it'd be a pile of weed on the table, crack cocaine, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they're distributing to sell for the most part. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, in like, in, in, even in my own home, you know, I saw my mom and my, my sister smoking weed together. It, you know, weed's not a big thing, but for a, a kid that, yeah, especially to see your mom and your sister smoking weed together, whatever, you know, it's, it's no, no, no knock on them. But, I mean, from, in my mindset, that was like, I don't want this. I don't want this particular environment. So I started being at home less and less in the sense of not going to stay with friends, but like being in church or being, you know, uh, working as much as I can, just putting myself in different environments. Mm-hmm. So my mindset set shifted and I had to visual, visualize myself in certain environments, write down certain goals, and then they eventually manifested well, themselves. Tony, what gave you that realization at age 14 or 15 that, you know, this is what I want different? Ex- expose you. You seeing your friends go to jail, you seeing, 
you know, um, people literally die, um, over overdose, um, and just like, is this my future? I mean, when was that like <laughs> that light bulb moment? Say, man, you know what? Do I do I really? I mean, was it right. was it like a, some kind of moment you had, like a life changing? That, that's thing? what I said. I think that was more of a defining moment when, like, you know, I I, I saw my own family, my mom. My sisters, and it was simple. It was smoking, just smoking weed. You know what I'm saying? Like, just you know, I'm like, you know, like I said, we. I had a dysfunctional household. My mom was extremely caring, opened her home to people, and and did the best that she could, and she knew how. Earlier years, obviously, she relied on my dad and so forth. Um, but she did what she knew. She did the best she could. But for me, you know, being exposed to that, and then also being exposed to other families and so forth. I knew you knew it the difference. Normal. You could tell the difference. Yeah, I knew it wasn't normal, yeah. and I knew already. You know, I wanted to have things, and the people that I saw having things were, you know, they were they were educated, and they were, you know, they were just living. They just had a different mindset altogether. You, you, you said a couple of times, education, education. They were educated. Right. How important is education to you? Oh, so so when I say education, education, you know, in the sense of traditional, yeah, I went to school and everything, but I don't, I don't. You know, value my education as much as I do my work experience and my hard work and my. Ambition, but when you say education, is is it? Do in, you in mean a sense, in a sense of you know just their articulations were different. Yeah, but do movement, you do you mean education mindset. like okay, well, how a family supposed to be, how household needs to be, what how you act right, at home? Right. Is that what What's, you mean by what education? What I considered healthy. Yeah. A healthy environment, like I said, love was always there, but you know, and, and like I said, this is my mindset as a kid. I was focused on the nice houses they had and that's what I affiliated having a good education with. So you what know, do you, what do you consider sense. a good education today? So, so today, like, I don't, I think, you know, to a degree college is a scam, you know? So I think you, you know, I've seen so I've witnessed so many people come from nothing and just straight grind, true passion for what they do, you know, care about, you know, have certain set of values and, and just really work hard and smart I think that's the most educated you can get. I think you can put more into yourself than you can put in your bank account. And that comes from true ambition and doing it, being around the good the best circles and just wanting hunger enough, hungry enough to grow into those specific directions. Well, I mean, I, I've heard a lot of people say college is a scam, but I mean, don't you believe that sometimes a formal education is super important for for, you know, for a way because you want to learn how to talk in you don't want to be in certain environments in certain environments right. i mean you want to be in certain environments and you got to be able to learn how to carry yourself right. and i mean college gives you those tools i mean you absolutely. know and i mean you know college gives you that that you structure. know that structure i mean right. you know that 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 articulation that the you know uh, reading abilities and you know much more because like high school where you're dependent on your teacher right college you become a little more independent And and I mean you know and 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 it's, and it kind of gives you right. that focus that that discipline and stuff, and but at the same time it gives you that base. Don't you agree? Uh, not not hundred percent. You know, um, you know, you can get a lot of YouTube University and just living life and and living experience. Listen, I'm not I'm not I'm gonna be the you last one. I never finished it. I never finished college, okay. right? Yeah. So so I, I mean so. you know, I, but but I feel but I strongly believe that college gives you that base. You know, because, it, you know, me, I went to school for two years, college for two years. 
versus if I wouldn't have gone to college, I know there's a couple of things I would have not learned. Right, but some people need trade school. Some people need military. Some people, college is okay. Some people, you know, have to go on and specialize. My wife's a dentist. She, you wouldn't want her working on your teeth if she hadn't gone to college. Right, right of so, course. Absolutely so it's, not. A ne- it's a ne- necessary in certain cases, but I don't think it's the end-all, be-all. In certain, certain, like I say, partially a scam because a lot of professors don't typically have the true they're just they're just doing a job. They're they're not truly passionate about teaching you what you really how to be successful in the world. No, I, listen, I, so, I I totally believe it. Like right. the, I was talking to my sister a couple of days ago. We were looking at this company, this uh, uh, electric company, power company. Okay, went out of business. Right, and she was like, "We have you know we have some real estate uh, rentals and uh, uh, these apartments that we have. We all bills paid." So she was looking at she like, "Well, you know." The, pa- the power company was went out of business. We need to look for somebody else. And then she kind of read that, and she was like, uh, where uh, this company had $100 million worth of debt, right? And she was like, you know, in school, they don't teach you that you can be in $100 million worth of debt and still operate Absolutely. A, a full-blown company. So I get that. You don't learn that in college. Right, right. But there's a lot of things you do learn in college that you cannot learn yeah. in the real world. And if you don't know those those things, yeah. You, in real world, your chances of failure is 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 huge. Now, listen, Sammy, I'm, I'm not knocking college, yeah, by the way. But don't, but you know, <laughs> us us debating on this, I don't I don't think if somebody want, has the will, right, they can go to YouTube University. They right. can read books. I mean, nowadays there's so much content out there, right? They can they can get right. motivated by 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 hundreds of motivators. People have done everything, but that that takes a certain individual to watch those you're saying not everybody them. has the will exactly but you have to have the will to finish college you have to have the will to you know get up in the morning and motivate it because if you most people i know have gone to college including myself aren't doing what they went to college for 100 it's the structure i get what you're saying yeah you can get that anywhere you know um college you know formalizes it in the sense that hey i completed this you know if i'm coming to interview for you know your your operation you know, hey, I have these particular credentials. It may give me a little bit of credibility with you, depending upon how you look at things, yeah. saying that I've completed this particular task. But I think more, you know, if, if I come across, I've done this and I've I come from this and so forth, and I've, you know, I'm truly exposed and I'm passionate about what I'm doing and I can do the job, you know, even if I can't do it as refined as someone who has that college degree, you might give me more of an opportunity because I'm hungry. Yeah. I'm truly hungry. But I mean, yeah, your hunger so, is something that college cannot give you. I mean, I, I get it. Right. So let me, let, so let's, let's go back. How we wind up talking about I know, I, I know. We, <laughs> hey, this is, this, this is what happens when, you know, you listen to, you know, everything can go anyways. Let's right. go back to your story. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. You right. said, you said that, okay, so you, you, uh, Back to where were we at? I'm, I'm, I even kind of lost my train of thought. You were thought. talking about you know, uh, you know my my how I got started uh, yeah. and so forth. Yeah. So so you so you, you know. said you you wanted you saw some people who were educated and and you want you know that you wanted something different. Right. You saw that aha moment when you saw your mom and your sister. Right. And you knew you want something different. You spend less and yeah. less time. At, at your house. Let's let's keep. And when I say educated, I mean they spoke differently. Right. They carried themselves differently. Um, the environments in which they interacted with each other was different than you and know, you and you knew you wanted that. I, I knew I wanted I knew I wanted different, and I knew I didn't know how to necessarily get that other than to do 
opposite of what everybody else is doing in my environment. All right. So, so then fast forward. I didn't have a mentor. I get it. You know, so. And, and, and you know, mentorship is very important. That's why, right. I, I mean, I always talk about mentorship is very important. So so you go, now Now you're working, 2008 happened. Right. You get your, you get your uh, uh, family, you know, get your dental clinic with your wife. Right. How did you meet your wife, by the way? Uh, so she was uh, at a New Year's Eve party in 2005. Her cousin invited her. My cousin invited me. Um, and Y'all met over there. Met, and she was still in school at the time in Iowa. So every other weekend, I would fly fly to Iowa like twice a month, just courting a relationship, and uh, you know we wind up staying together. Well, that's so, good, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's that's great. You got you got any you got kids today or four four kids? Yeah, two boys, two girls. I have an eighteen year old. Uh, uh, my daughter just turned eleven, and then I got a nine year old son. And then a seven-year-old daughter. That's awesome. I got two boys, two girls, too, and man. two bunnies after this past weekend. Oh, two bunnies. Too. <laughs> <laughs> which which one of your kids got the bunny? The my, seven-year-old? It was my daughter's birthday, so that, she's been talking about that for a year The seven-year-old? So. Uh, she's t- uh, 11 now. Oh, the 11-year-old yeah. wanted the bunnies. Okay. Yeah. Wanted uh, some responsibility. So, uh, you know, and then, so you, you, you always like real estate, and today you are full-blown full in real estate, correct? Yeah, yeah, Tell us a little bit much. about what, what are you doing today? So, so I own Home Buyers Texas. Uh, me and my business partner, Robert Destin, he's been a realtor for 16 years. But he's also he was also a principal of Crosby High School. So he has a whole story in itself. Um, but, you know, we got into, he you know, he came to me uh, with wholesaling. You know, I had always been invested in real estate. But he came to me with wholesaling about three years ago. Um, you know, he told me how simple it was. I made some calls. The following week, we had a $22,000 check. I said, okay, cool. Let's go this route. So, um, you know, that's – and since then, we've, 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 we've built a team that primarily focuses on wholesaling. Um, I also, again, buy and hold real estate, but I also loan money towards um, real estate projects. So, yeah, that's, that's – we do Hard, we do hard money loans? Day. Uh, so I, I, I'm a private money lender. I don't, I don't require as many as qualifications as a hard money does. I look at the strength of the deal. I look at you and your character and your track record and what you've done. Um, if the deal makes sense, I take a, I don't work for, I don't do points. I take an equity position. Um, it's typically 50% and it's attractive to them because I don't require any payments or all the red tape and, and they just pay me my money at the end of the project when it sells. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, so so and then you ended up writing some books right tell us right, a little bit man. about that so you i know you co-authored uh, yeah. the power of mental wealth right right okay and you wrote a chapter in there you said yeah chapter five so, so how did you how did you even get introduced to these people so so i mean just as far as writing books i also have another book that's uh on amazon uh is is regard related to wholesaling is um it's called wholesaling for profits okay. um and then um my my ambition was to always write books. I write every morning uh-huh. just to kind of clear my head. Um, so, you know, I know Johnny Wimbry, who's, who's kind of uh, forefronted this particular book and put all of this together. Um, I met Les Brown some time ago, um, and, and he correlated those particular authors and included a, a huge list of other successful people in their stories and just wanted to share a little bit of myself. Mm-hmm. And so in that particular book, Chapter 5, I, you know, lay out how I use my senses, hear, taste, smell and so forth incorporate them into what my ultimate vision and goals are gotcha. so yeah man i'm a big fan of les brown you are yeah. okay i love les brown what's your favorite you coffee? gotta be hungry yeah <laughs> huh les he's brown. mimi brown's baby boy mimi, man mimi brown's baby boy for sure yeah and then the other one um 
excuse me, my daily bread, you know, basically I wrote that pretty much in front of the world. You mm-hmm. know, I was asked to um, share my daily writings with people. So I did that from January in 19 January to June 1st, every single day consecutively um, pretty much, you know, it's 151 days. Uh, so basically what it is, is a journal. It's a hybrid between a journal and a devotional. So you don't need to read it straight through, read it over 121 days. And the concept is to develop habit. I ask you to pray, meditate, reflect on your day, set your intentions and offer a five minute reading of my perspective. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so my daily bread is like 120 day read every day. Read 151 days, 151 days, but you read over 120 days. Yeah. Over, over. Yeah. You read it over 151 days. Oh, because of five months. All I want you to do is develop. A habit. A habit, mindset, a good setting your intentions for the day, a good mindset habit. So tell me, what is what is your daily habit? Let, let's just say. So I'll wake up, you know, typically my average time I wake up is 4.30 in the morning. Okay. So sometimes a little bit before, before or after, you know, and I'll write for a little bit. I write for probably 15, 20 minutes. Um, you know, I'll meditate and pray, um, take a cold shower, not, not consistently. Um, and then I just... Get in the mindset of getting, you know, obviously that that allows me to be able to do so much in the mornings. Sometimes I'll go occasionally work out, um, but other times just get my kids ready for school and just give myself a mental head start before I execute in the world. So what time are you going to sleep? 10 o'clock? It's crazy because sometimes, you know, I'm in the restaurant club business. Sometimes it's a little late. Um, but on average, about 11 o'clock. Tell us tell us about your uh, restaurant club business. So um, I, how I got into that, first of all, so is just, you, you invest in how many restaurants or clubs? So I, uh, two re- two restaurants. I guess one of them, one of the bars is still a full service re- club. I mean, you know, food. So you can consider it a restaurant or whatever. So um, two clubs and uh, I guess two restaurants, but really three. Okay. So 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 yeah. now now uh, how how much did COVID affect y'all? I mean, it affected everybody tremendously. I mean, the initial run um, where they shut all restaurants down, um, you know, uh, we, we, Presley's, we didn't, I mean, we, we weren't open at all, none of them. So yeah. obviously it affected us, our employees. But then the so restaurants forth. opened back up and right, they were just right. drive, uh, they were just a uh, carry out. We, we weren't even doing drive through or carry out. Why? So, uh, it was just decision made amongst, not myself. I, I was thinking that we should, but, yeah. you know, I was kind of, outvoted for the most part so um but i thought we would have you know covered a lot of ground and just sustained so we, we were relatively so the restaurant i'm talking about is presley's in the heights so mm-hmm. we were open um we had just opened that october okay. it had shut down in march yeah yeah around that time so yeah. we we're just you know it, the momentum is up now and momentum was going then and then it just shut down but you know it was a decision made that um we should just shut down okay so i mean so. you know uh and then and then the clubs didn't open up till later right right, right. yeah and so uh, i mean how did that affect i mean you i know, mean it affect business for sure and um you know like i said i'm you know for employees and all that stuff but i mean you know for me it, it just got me gave me time to focus on my books. real estate and books and yeah stuff. yeah so what did you what what, what I mean, what did COVID do for you? I mean, did it kind of give you a little reset? What did it do for uh, you? I think it gave everybody the opportunity to reset, you know, specifically for me, yes, reset, reevaluate myself and, and, and chase more of ambition, you know, reset and also set my targets higher um, 
you know, I consider myself an ambitious person, but it, it made me redefine my caliber and who I am and complete these two books. Yeah. So, um, again, you know, I, I, if I, if I didn't have that little break, you know, it would have been a longer period to, to do, to deliver that. Gotcha. Tony, what, what is, what is your goal for, you know, moving forward? Like what is, is there something that <clears throat> you want to do that, you know, you haven't done? Tell us what it right, is. Right, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's to, to, to have a bigger stage in the sense of being able to impact and value, you know, uh, bring value to more people. Um, you know, I truly lay out kind of who I am and so forth on my Instagram and, and, and by the things I do, how I carry myself. I just want to inspire younger, ambitious um, individuals, primarily entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs that, hey, you can deliver. You can do the things that you want to do. You have to have a plan, a structure, and write down your vision and actually execute. You know, How important um, is to write down the vision? I mean, you know, Hannibal in, in the Bible 2.2 says if you don't write down your vision, it can't be delivered, you know, for the most part. It basically was saying, you know, write down your vision and, um, you know, those who see it will run. Uh, in a sense that, you know, you need to be clear on your vision and write it down and see it and keep it in front of you, create visual environments and believe you know um so that's that's how i run my life and that's how i want to you know be able to articulate to other people that to some degree develop habit believe in yourself write it down and execute so um you know it, it, it sounds like you know i don't i'm not a motivational speaker by anything but i've lived this truth you know i come from nothing i come from that particular environment and i had to change some of my habits and my ways in order to deliver um you know, who I am today to, to hopefully be impactful. So my, what it looks like for me, um, I really just inspire to be able to eventually be on stage with le like a likes of a Les Brown and so forth um, to be able to, you know, tell my story, which I'm still learning to articulate. Like I said, this is my first podcast. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this was an ambition of mine. It's finally happening. Um, and, and I'm not, so for me, I'm uncomfortable or I've been uncomfortable. It's a little vulnerable moment because I've been uncomfortable um, sharing myself with the world because I've had to suppress a lot of who I am because, or like the financial success, you know, I couldn't really share with a lot of people who I, you know, the success I was become, you know, financial, how successful I was becoming financially because I know what came with that. Just people wanting you know, that for me. So I suppress that. So I carry that on to, into sharing who I am. So, ha you, so I'm you, learning. You're scared of handouts. People asking for handouts. People well, asking just, for well, money. I'm just not used to, yeah. you know, I know how to cut that off. I'm just not used to sharing myself with them. Yeah, I got so. you. And, and, uh, and I mean, you know, how are you feeling about it now? I mean, you, it's about evolution. Uh -huh. So I'm growing, you know, this is a great opportunity and, you know, hopefully, you know, it, it, it does what it needs to do for your audience. Um, so, Tony, and, let me ask you a question. I'm right. going to cut you off over here. Sure. You say you write goals, right? Uh, yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. Is, 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 uh, or, or you write your vision or whatever. Did you write this as a vision to become a little more vulnerable? Yeah, yeah. So, so I set out my goal this year was to be uncomfortable as much as possible. So, I said it's the I don't know if this is a word the year year for me of uncomfortable uncomfortability <laughs> so so I want to put myself in more situations so I can be able to truly articulate who I am where I come from and how I've achieved certain things 
it's easy for me to show my life as it is, but it's not easy for me to show how I've done what I've done, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm trying to get better at. Gotcha. Uh, now, uh, you, you say you write goals, you say you write your vision. Right. What, what, is, what, is a, what would be a vision of yours to, you know, who to become in next four years or five years or something? Do you, do you write long, long-term goals? Do you write yeah, yeah. Goals? So as far as like business-wise, I mean, yeah, yeah, business personal-wise. So, so obviously I have certain numbers I want to achieve financially. Um, but, you know, I mean, what, realistically, you know, I, I want, you know, I have like, and I read them every morning in my office, is to be liquid, you know, $50 million so I can be able to impact more people you know, um, donate X amount to churches and so forth. So I'll tie my goals to certain things I want to do for the world um, or I want to do for my family. Um, create general wealth. Generational wealth is important to me. So have a certain amount of townhomes and, 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 you know, cash coming in every every single month um, and make sure that my kids and my family understands, you know, not only how to manage things but how to be good people, how to deliver their visions. I don't want to intrude and put the things I didn't accomplish or my visions onto them, I want them to be able to think for themselves by, you know, by daily putting affirmations in them and so forth and just letting them know that they can do and have and believe anything that, you know, anything is possible. I didn't have a lot of that growing up. You know, uh, I did have love, but I didn't have that particular mindset. So I want to instill in them first and foremost so they can be better people in the world. And same thing with, everybody around them everybody around me so. okay so you say you want to create generational wealth and then and then at the same time you want to donate to churches give why why, why is it important to give or donate or something right so why is it important for you i mean it, it kind of validates you know where that you that you that you're able to do for other people you're not selfish so so many people chase money and i'm not gonna lie and you know say i don't you know put myself into position to be able to earn more money and so forth you know Everybody has these ambitions of being this big, great philanthropist and so forth. That doesn't happen without money. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't happen with you first initially securing yourself and your family and chasing the bag. You know, there's there there are so many people that oh, it's not about money. Yeah, it's 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 bigger than money, but money is a huge part of it, especially initially until you arrive at a certain point. You know, and, and you know I can you know just pour my heartstrings out and just tell you, you know, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I'm going to close a deal. You know what I'm saying? So, because I know the positions it puts me in and the opportunity allows me to provide for my family and others. Uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer of happiness. And happiness, I mean, if you, absolutely. And if you talk, if you look at yes. my Instagram and my YouTube videos, I talk I, about happiness I, I a lot. I see right? it, right. And, and, and I mean, you know, there's a lot of people who say, hey, you know what, money doesn't buy you happiness. And, 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 and I mean, you know, I have, I have, different theories on it of course what is your theory about that so i asked my kids this the other day you can look at my instagram uh tony b for profits by the way uh-huh. uh so uh my kids you know i asked them this question and what my son you know he his take on it was that you know if you have you know we like we're in aruba right you know you can't get to aruba without money you know but it's really a peace having peace joy um you know your health all those things matter. That's that's part of and also being spiritually and mentally um, capable and healthy as well. All of those things I consider wealth, right? Um, financial allows you access to certain things and allows you um, to have more of a mental peace, if you will, in a sense that 
you know, you have access to things that money, money, not having money buys you nothing. You know what I'm saying? From my experience. So having money um, gives you the opportunity to, to, you know, have stress in a better environment. You know, if you, if you, if you, if you're a type of person to have stress, but having money doesn't necessarily define wealth for me. It doesn't make you successful. It doesn't make you happy. It's, it's all of it together because we live in a capitalist, capitalist society, because we live in the, in, in an environment that values material things. But at the core, I was, I, I was, like I said, I grew up in a happy, loving home. I was happy as a poor kid. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I just rather these options and rather, you know, set my kids up on a, on a different platform. I saw someone wrote one day, money doesn't buy you happiness. Don't say that until you have made some money. Don't say, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who said that? Someone, someone without money. Someone without money. Someone without money. But, you know, uh, so. I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, if you, you know, I had, uh, I think I did this little video the other day saying that, listen, you know, money doesn't buy you happiness, but, you know, there are more people who are, who get divorced because they don't have the money, yep. right? There's more people yep. who, yep. not having money cause more unhappiness than having money. Yeah, I right. get it. I've heard people say, well, this billionaire jumped off the bridge and killed himself. He was miserable right. because he was alone. I just know more people, there's less cases of that then more people who are getting divorced, who are, you know, having broken homes right. and who are living through that stress of wor worrying, how is the lights going to be paid? How am I going right. to put food on the table? How am I going to stress? You know, there's money just gives you less stress. I think. So, yeah. sa so Sammy believes that having money makes you happy. Uh, no, I never said that. <laughs> I said having money. Having money. Uh, you know, you got to have peace. Right. You got to have mental health, right? right? So someone told me the other day, I want you to go pick up my pants from this, uh, my my uh, my tailor. You know, I'd given for alteration. In my, and, you know, we're talking about it. And, and this guy said something to me that kind of made a lot of sense to me. Right. He said, your health, there's three different kind of health. Okay. Okay. There's a physical health. You know, you go to the gym, you work out, of course. You got strong, hard body, six packs. Okay, that's right. that's called that's called physical health. Then there's spiritual health. Right. Okay, you got to have peace within, you know, with you, the creator, the world, everybody else. That's called spiritual health, right? And then there's a mental health. You can have physical health, but you're not health healthy mentally. Nothing means anything. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Nothing means because and there's a lot of people who are mentally sick nowadays. Right, but it doesn't matter. You can have a rock hard body, six right. pack. You can have the biggest physique, but you're mentally not there. Nobody wants you. And if you're in a hospital bed, Sammy, and you, you're you're very sick, you got all the money in the world. The only yeah. thing you're praying for, literally praying for, right. is to have health. Exactly. So that's that's health, right. right? That's mental health. And then he said happiness. Happiness. There's, okay. there's three kind of happiness, right? There's a happiness that money can buy you. Right. Right, you 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 got you got happiness like you got to go, you got a house, you got food, you got rent, you got you you got a good business, you got everything, you got a nice car, that's happiness. Then there's another happiness that comes from spiritual happiness. You're spiritually happy. Right. You know, you meditate, you you have, you have peace with God, you, have, you you know whoever your creator is, God, uh, whoever it might be, right. And then there's a there's a happiness that's around you, your kids, your health. Your kids' health, okay, uh, it, it, uh, you know, and and uh, your friends' circle, you right. you know, uh, uh, your family circle, 
you can have a lot of money, but but you have no friends, and at the end of the day, you will be unhappy. Right, right. You you you, you can have a lot of money, and your kids will be dying on a hospital bed. God forbid. Right. And you're going to be unhappy. unhappy. You can have billions of dollars, but you can't save your kid from dying. Right. That's the worst thing. Right. Okay. And and I heard it one day. I mean, this was I think this was a church one day. You know, a uh, man will a man loves three things. Uh, let me say, he loves his money, he loves his country, and he loves his kid. Okay. Okay. And you get the wife. There, <laughs> no, no. There's there's a no. love. There's a love of money. There's a love of the country, and there's a love. For the kids, the family, whatever it is, right, right? Right, right, And he says, if if a man cannot find money somewhere, like if he if he's born in a country or a city or whatever, and if he doesn't have money, he cannot find opportunities, he will move to another city, another country where he can find sure. opportunity, right? Sure. And 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 so so he, uh, I'm sorry. The first one is a, a love of the country. Second one is love the money. Third one is money. Love the love the kids. The the man, you know person loves their country man they die for their country patriotic do all that they go to war for their country right. they do all that stuff but if in that country he cannot find opportunities right and especially us living in houston we find this people come from all over they're from mexico colombia uh, pakistan india arabic countries african countries because in their countries they could not find that that money right, right. so so even though they love their country and they're so patriotic and right. they talk about it, right, all the time. Oh my God, where are you from? I'm Colombian. Colombia is the greatest country in the right. world. Or oh, I'm from Africa. Africa is the best country in the world. They're gonna move away. But from they're the gonna currency. move away from because right. they cannot find. Yeah. They cannot find the, the 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 money, right? So they right. come. They come. They leave their country behind. Come to another country so they can make money. Yeah. That's the love, you know. So the love of money is greater than the love of the country. Okay. Yeah. Then they come to the country, they make a lot of money, man. And all of a sudden, somebody in their family gets sick, their mom gets sick, their kid gets sick, right. whatever. And the kid gets sick, and they're in the hospital, they're dying. And the man takes all the money that he worked so hard for and say, doctor, take this away from me. Just, I'll give you hundreds of million dollars. Right, just, just get my kid right. That's so that's, you know, it's proven that the love of the kid or the family is much greater than the love of the money. Absolutely. So, right, so I mean, right. you know, and I mean, I heard that at church. I had to, right. re, I had to remember all this stuff again. So, yeah, there's a love of the country, love of the money, and the love of the kid. Go back to does money buy you happiness? Yes, three. So there's three way to be happy. You know, men, right. mentally, you know, you got to be happy with the money, right? Because if you don't have money, you're stressed out, right? All that stuff. Spiritually happy. Spiritually happy. And then the third. Is the happily no happy around you, yeah. the family. Okay. If you don't have friends, you're not happy. Right. You don't have family. You you can have millions of dollars. Family don't talk to you. What the fuck? Do, I mean, right. what good does it do? And some people will argue. I agree with you 100. percent Some people will argue that oh, it's not important to who's around me and so forth. Yeah. So but so my tailor said day, it right. It's not true. My tailor said it right. Three ways of health, three things, three stages right. of health, and three stages of happiness. So yes, does money make you happy? Absolutely. I'm so happy getting that yacht and going out there. I'm so happy being, you know, being able to fly first class or fly in a private plane. Right. I'm so happy that I go to a restaurant and I don't have to look at the price of the menu. Of I'm so happy right. that I don't have to worry about who is, you know, is my rent going to be paid for? Is my lights going to be on? I'm so happy. If my car messes up, I can go take it to the, to the mechanic. But yes, there's major core things that come around that happiness, you know, and that's the right. health and well-being of your family because that's at the end of the day 
that's all that matters. You all know? that matters. And, yeah. and just to clarify, it doesn't eliminate problems. Your problems are just different. It, it's different. It's just different. It's so, different. so let me ask you, and I know, I know you're interviewing me, but I'm just curious, you know, uh, you know, a person as ambitious, and I'm sure you have a story. Uh, what, what inspires you to, to do this? What inspires you to, to keep doing what you're doing? To do what, a podcast or to the, do the a podcast and what you just kind of do in life, though you're already successful. What drives you? Well, what, what challenges you? you know, someone, someone told me that, and, and you know, my, when I went to my tailor, he said, well, you don't have to go. Taylor is a pretty informative <laughs> guy. So I went to my tailor the other day, and he's like, man, you don't have to go to work. I mean, you know, I'm like, I'm like, I'm running a little late. I got to go. I have a meeting at work. Right. And he said, well, you know, you've been in business for 23 years, business on cruise control. He said, it's okay. Don't don't have to work that hard sometimes. And I said, well, I said, well, if I if I stop, right, right, it's just like planting a tree. Like you plant a tree, and then you don't give that tree water, okay. sunlight. What's going to happen to that tree? Eventually dries up and dies. And dies. Right. Right? So yeah. so, so I understand that I got to be out at work every day. Right. For it to, uh, you know, because that tree, this is, the, my business is my tree. Okay. Makes sense. Makes it sense. gives me fruit and I pluck the fruit out and I eat. Right. Right? I, I, made a, I made a video yesterday, I think Angel is going to post anytime soon, about money tree. Okay. Okay. Or we already posted it yesterday on Instagram. We posted it on Instagram. Right. This last story about money tree. You should listen to that too. Okay. But it's just like the tree. I mean, you know, Bears business fruit. is like yeah, business yeah. like a, like a tree, right? Yeah. Okay. And if I don't if I don't give it water, if I don't give it sunlight, if I don't give it if if it has fungus, don't cut it off. Right. Don't take care of it. Eventually, I'll die, and then I won't get my fruit out of it. Or you, you can call it fruit. You can call it. Money, you can right. call it whatever it anything, is. right? So yes, yeah, that's that's number one. Number two, number number one. You know, some to us people like us who have right. ambition, right? When is enough enough? We we don't know. We just want to make sure that we are, you know, we can live a certain set of life. I say it's never enough. Well, yes and no. It's a it's a two hour conversation. If I if I go over <laughs> that, we can explore that next next time. Right, because because in a man's right. life, I mean, you're never enough, right? Right. But at the end of the day, in a man's, who are you leaving it to? Because because at the end of the day, you we all gonna go six feet under, right. and we all right. gonna be in a little box, man. You know, and we can't take it none with us. Right. Uh, you know, it's, that's that's just the honest truth. Right. Uh, but you know, you enjoy while you're here. Uh, you know, a lot of people say you you only live once. I say you live every day. Right. You only die once. Live every you, day only. That's true. You, <laughs> Absolutely. You, know, you live every day. You only die you only once. Die once. And I mean, so when you live every day, man, you know, just you gotta you gotta be nice to people. And I mean, you 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 know, I want to be able to give to people, help people, right? Right. But if I don't have money, if I don't have a business, how am I gonna help anybody? We're here. You know, we're here. I see you, brother. I mean, Why do I do podcasts? Because right. I feel like that's part of giving. Okay. If someone can hear your story, right. if I can invest my hour, hour and a half, and I can tell somebody your story, and somebody listens to your story, and they're like, right. man, you know what? I grew up in a similar circumstance, right. and if he can do it, I can do it. Right, right. Okay. And Sammy, just like when you say that my story or whatever, I think also part of my uh, just being uncomfortable with telling it is like I don't want to be the typical brother from the hood that just made success and so forth. Right. So, um, you know, I just want to encourage people that like, like you say, your money tree seeds grow in the dark. You got to have to first plant a seed yeah. in a belief in, 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 you know, in certain, some sort of sort of ambition that you're targeting 
um, in order for it to eventually glow, grow so you can have things to water uh. and blossom and so forth. Yeah. So, you know, um, so for me, you know, I'm grateful for, for like I said, I'm, I've arrived who I am. I'm grateful for this opportunity. I am not naive that it's that I know it's God working, yeah. you know, the universe and, 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 and making it happen for me. Um, you know, I, I'm truly just, you know, passionate about giving back in, in, in whatever way I can. And by the way, 100 percent of 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 I sell the book at twenty five dollars on Amazon. I donate 100 percent of it. Oh, so, man, that's awesome. so um, you know, in 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 right now. And that's the, that's the, my daily bread. That's my daily bread. So, so all 100 percent of the proceeds go. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I'm donating 100 percent of it. That's, um, that's awesome. So one of my one of my business partners, you know, lost his, his uh, wife and kid and so forth. So um, we're doing a scholarship fund for, um, you know, for the school that he was going awesome. to. So awesome. Forth, so. let, let me yeah. let's you know, we're, we're getting towards the end of our uh, of right. our session. And I ask everybody the same question. Right. If today was the last day on Earth and you have you have let's say you have lived 100 years, lived a great life created a lot of wealth, wrote maybe another five books. You know, you're, you, you have great, you're, now you have grandkids, great grandkids, and you're laying on bed and today is the last day and you're about to go join your creator. Mm -hmm. But everything you ever did, all the podcasts, right, all the videos, right. all these books, all got erased. Right, right. And, and they bring you a paper and a pen and say, Tony, write three things, three, it can be three affirmations, Three, your three truths, three way to live life, whatever three you come up with. And this is all you can leave on this paper. Right. Okay. For your grandkids, for the future world, for the future generation. What are those three things? I mean, how to live life, right. whatever it is, what is important to you? What will it be? I'm a little long with it. I might give you more than Please three. Please do. But, but, but the deal is for me is like, you know, I set out intentions. I want my grand grandparents that are no longer here to be proud of me. And I want my great future grandkids to be proud of me so live a life that you know obviously you 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 bring value to other people so and truly care about that truly care about the the, it, the mission beyond yourself so um so that's one live a uh, life that will bring value to others well just uh, right uh, live a mission you know the make sure your mission is beyond yourself gotcha. beyond yourself needs or whatever um and then you know two um you know i I I, I, be, I believe like in, in in educating yourself in a sense of just you know books, uh, podcasts, or so forth. Um, put more in yourself than you do in the bank. Like I said, you'll always be able to put more in yourself than you can accumulate um, for the most part. And then two, I mean three, just really just just don't be afraid to evolve and be you and be who you are. Everyone has their own story, their own lane, and so forth, and you would be surprised who can resonate with that. Gotcha. So don't be afraid to evolve and don't be afraid to be uncomfortable. Um, that's what that's what positioned me here. I've had plenty of opportunities to speak and I've missed those opportunities just because I wasn't I wasn't comfortable doing yeah. it and I wasn't okay with being uncomfortable. Good. Got it, got it, man. I love I love that. I love that, Tony. Yeah. And um man, I, I appreciate you sharing this with the world. Everybody should go, you know, looking for daily bread because hundred percent yeah. of those proceeds that go into a donation right uh i'm gonna definitely read this uh right. you know your chapter in there power of mental health where are you at on social media right now where can they find you where can people uh, find you? tony b for profits on instagram on all platforms is tony b for profits you can also go to my website which is tony tony b for profits 
dot com. Um, yeah, dot so com. Tony B for profits with the S at the end. Yeah, Tony B for for the number four profits. Okay, so Tony B the number four profits, profits right dot com or Absolutely. Tony B the number four profits on Instagram, uh, or Instagram or Facebook. Right. Okay. Or just Tony Bryant. Yeah. Or Tony Bryant. Well, Tony. Thank you, man. Thank this you, man. This was great. Thank you so much. This is I very appreciate special it. to Thank me. Thank you so and, much. You know, to start of something great. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share this episode. Follow us on Apple Podcasts. Please rate us and review us. Send us or leave us a review. Your review means everything to us. Thank you for listening. And let's go out there. Make shit happen.